Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where you watch a different horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Okay, bro. What happened? You were so fine 10 seconds ago. Then I remembered we have to watch this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. It can't be that bad. Do you know what movie we're watching today, Bob? Friday the 13th Part 8. I don't even know what it's called. But, but do you know? do you know which one? No. No idea. Is it 3D again? We're not going back, are we? <laughs> I wish. I no wish way we you back. wish, bro. What? <laughs> I want to go back. <laughs> no, not with Shelly's stupid ass. I want to go back. No, you don't, bro. I do. No, you don't. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to Jason X yet. That's the best one. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop being a baby. I'm not being a baby. Yes, this you is are. a proper reaction to Friday the 13th. Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh, it's this one! Woo! Let's go! That's awesome. I'm excited for this one. Well, that's great to hear, Bob. I, what? That is a response to this movie that you will have now and probably not after we watch it. There's no way. Look, I'm I'm sorry, but if, if they fuck up Jason skulking around New York slashing people, then what's how did they fuck that up? Like, that's Bob, just a fun premise. Bob, look me in the eyes. I am. It doesn't go well. It can't be that bad. Okay, oh so um, it came out in 1989. Whoa, 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 whoa. We skipped some years here. Did we? Well, technically, it's been a year since the last movie. Oh, okay. I don't know why. Okay, so it was 88, and now it's 89. Yeah. A year. Okay. Yeah, that's that's how time works. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I don't know why my brain I went, that one came out earlier than that. No, it's you're right. You're You're definitely right. Okay, description. I'm actually very proud of this one. Okay. Start spreading the news. Start spreading the news. Okay. All right. It's okay. Was I supposed to get something? I, you know what? I don't think you were because you're a little a little special, but someone will. <laughs> They'll be more a more cultured individual Start than you are. spreading the news, huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm leaving today. Huh? What'd you say? I'm leaving today. I'm leaving today. No, I don't know what you're referencing. No. No. <sighs> That's fine. <laughs> I guess I just wanted to be a part of it. Are you still... <laughs> what are you referencing? <laughs> you're quoting something. <laughs> it's fine, Bob. Let's just move on. Let me take these vagabond shoes. <laughs> I'm just logging this stray. What are you talking about? Just right through the heart of it. <laughs> I'm not going to get it. <laughs> I know. It's fine. It's fine. We'll move on. Are you going to tell me later? Eh. Okay. All right. It's an hour and 40 minutes long. Oh, why is it so long? <laughs> no, you were excited. No, I am excited, but like it's longer than all the other films. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, probably. Rated R. That, that's a plus. Wow. Let's look at these review scores. IMDb gave it a 4.5 out of 10. That's not horrid. Well, remember, it's always substantially higher. Which, speaking of which, (laughs) tomato meter, 11%. I think that's not, look. Audience score, 27%. Okay. Awards, (laughs) zero wins, two nominations. Here's my my thing. (laughs) This is not going to be a good movie. I've, I guess that's just a fact. Have you, have you figured that out from my reactions about yeah, this film? But at least maybe I'll have fun and won't be mad after the movie. So about that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, look, I'll fucking try, okay? I'm going to try to keep keep up the hype. But if it oh, is yeah. really bad. Like you tried on part six? I was in a bad mood <laughs> on part six. We talked about that. All right, notable actors. Jensen Daggett as Rennie. Uh, she played Maggie Reynolds in Major League, Back to the Minors. Star Scott Bakula. That's all wow. I know about that movie. <laughs> Tiffany Paulson as Susie. I just thought it was interesting that she's a writer on Nancy Drew. She, she wrote the movie. Oh, that's cool. Peter Mark Richmond as Charles McCulloch. Uh, he played Adam Chance in Agent for Harm. Technically, it's Agent for H-A-R-M, but, you know. Ugh. Dumb. No, it's like a horror James Bond spoof kind of movie thing. Yeah, it, I. Uh, that's uh, the name. Just uh, that's a. I don't like that. You're stupid. 
<laughs> okay. That's Bob. Have you ever seen a James Bond film? No. That's why. Oh, okay. It's is it a play on one of those movies? Like the well, name? No, it's it's more that. What's the most like spy thing for an agency to do? Oh, use acronyms that spell out words. Mm. Okay. You're really just disappointed in me this episode. Yeah, already. it's okay. We're not even probably like ten minutes. It's just in. like the usual, but I'm just being less nice about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Red Henderson as chief engineer. Uh, he played Doctor Lee's in Final Destination Two. Oh, okay. Scott Reeves as Sean Robertson. Uh, he played Noel Laughlin from Nashville. He was on 14 episodes between 2014 and 2016. Uh, Saffron Henderson as JJ. She's kind of interesting because she does a lot of voice acting. Oh, okay. Especially for like anime and stuff. But uh, she played Kazuko Yoshiyama uh, in the English version of The Girl Who Left Through Time. Uh, Martin Cummins as Wayne. You know this guy. Shockingly. It very rarely happens, but Bob, like, actually knows this person. Uh, Sheriff Tom Keller from Riverdale. No. <laughs> yeah, I do know that guy. 77 episodes between 2017 and 2023. Uh, and that then, show's awful. But Bob loves it. Uh, Kelly Hu as Eva Watanabe, the sorceress and the Scorpion King. Writer and director was Rob Hedden. Uh, he's also written and directed Box Borders. What's that? Um, wow, it's glad you asked. It's this interesting film about these two guys who take a refrigerator box and strap it to a longboard and get inside of it and then just ride down a big hill. But that's the whole movie? And it becomes a L.A. sensation of everyone boxboarding. That sounds... I'm, I'm not, not to, like, shit on this guy, but that sounds dumb. Boxboarders. <laughs> Boxboarders? Budget. Oh, it probably, made, it probably had so much money. Uh, yeah. It did. In fact, at the time of production, it had the highest budget of any Friday the 13th film. <laughs> Five million dollars. Oh my god, that's like double. Like, ev- like that's Almost two million more than any other any film. Any other film. Holy shit. Fun fact, it also had the lowest box office of every film. In the Friday 13th franchise. Oh, God. At $14.3 million. Oh, they still made money. That's not good. No, but they still made money. That's very, very bad, Bob. I understand that it's bad, but what I'm mad about is that they still made money. Well, of course. When you have a audience this, like, built in, you're going to make money no matter what, right? Yeah. But the fact that they only made $14 million on the most expensive film is very 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 bad. Yeah. The I other mean, ones are pulling like 30, 32 million, easy. I know, but like think about it this way. A, a new beginning, which probably the worst one, has some issues, made more money than this film by about almost 8 million dollars. It's upsetting. That's what that is. That's just upsetting. Um country of origin United States. Uh, its fake working title was Ashes to Ashes. Tagline, New York has a new problem. Okay. Woo. <laughs> it's fine. You seem to have lost your excitement. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I, look, I'm excited just on the inside. Well, let me give you something that'll really hype you up for this movie. Filming for this film, do you want to guess where it primarily took place? California. No, actually. Okay. There was a couple shots. Shot in California, specifically like Las Vegas. Um, But primarily, the film was shot in Vancouver, British Columbia. Okay, so they're filming a movie about... not New York City. Jason going to New York, and they're filming it in Vancouver. Hmm, yeah. Who... How does that happen? (laughs) How do you go, ah, yes, let's film a movie about New York and not film it in New York? I mean, there's some New York shots. Probably some really bad B-roll at the beginning of the film, and that's probably about it. There's some, so... Okay. Oh, God. I'll, I'll tell you about how that happened after the film. We'll, okay. We'll get into the specifics, but the long and short of it, money. Money? This one had the most? Yeah. Not enough. Damn. You understand how expensive it is to shoot in New York City? I mean, it's probably hella expensive. It's not only because, like, 
it's New York City, but it's because like it's very busy, and when you're shooting a film, you have to shut down areas mm-hmm. to shoot in. Yeah, very very expensive. Anyways, I guess we're gonna get into it. Oh, no more, nothing no. else. No, you get nothing for this film. Oh my god, doesn't deserve it. Okay, I guess we'll uh see you guys in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching <laughs> Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason don't Takes Manhattan. Don't sound too down in the dumps, Bob. I'm not down in the dumps. I thought what you were you so about? excited for this film. Like I said earlier, I'm excited on the inside, not the outside. That's a lie. What are you talking about? So what you're saying is it was a thumbs up? In fact, a two thumbs up? Is that what you're trying to say? I never said that. <laughs> say it, Bob. Say what? Say that you thought this film was great if you're so excited on the inside. I don't need to outwardly express my opinion about this (laughs) film on this podcast. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, if you couldn't get it from that little joke, Bob didn't have a good time. Shocker. (laughs) Look, I didn't. Sorry. I tried. I tried really hard. No. Well, actually, he did. I tried really hard. And I, it, even then, I could not. <laughs> you got 10 minutes in, and you was like, nope. Can't do it. Okay. As always, spoilers, guys, but I'm going to I'm gonna pop this out really quick because I don't honestly have much to say about this movie. Sorry. There's <laughs> a lot of dumb shit in this film. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's start with the description. And again, spoilers. I mean, I just said that, but obviously. Uh, straight off the bat, biggest spoiler here. It takes about an hour and... Four minutes for Jason to get to Manhattan. Yep. I, I checked the timestamp. We, uh, yeah, we, he made me close my eyes. He paused yep. the movie. Uh, the first an hour and four minutes of this film, boat, boat movie. Boat movie. Jason's on a boat. Yep. And he's just killing people slowly. One on by boat. one. And then the boat goes down and they row to New York from the middle of the ocean Apparently. And then they get lost in... The same seven alleyways? No, the same two. The same two alleyways. It's <laughs> I just, was being it's like, a straight line. I was being gracious. It's just one alley. <laughs> the grungiest, dirtiest alley ever that only has two people in it. Yeah. They get lost in it. And that's about the next 30 minutes of the film. And then they're in Times Square for about 10 seconds. And then they're in the sewers. Yes. For that's, like... 15 minutes. That's the film, guys. We really, we're being loose on the description there, but that's basically the whole movie. No, that that basically is. We hit all the major plot points. I even mentioned the Times Square thing. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, we're, we're just going to discuss the film. Uh, I'm sorry if you wanted more, but Bob, honest thoughts, what you think? This movie's a hot dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I swear to God, I don't understand how this got made. Because if you're going to call... A movie, Jason Takes Manhattan. It's an hour and 40 minutes. And he doesn't get to the fucking Manhattan part till the last 40 minutes of the film. What were you doing with the first hour? And I, I think it is worse than you're, you're pointing out with that issue. Because, like, yeah, I think the biggest part of this, the biggest problem of this film is the fact that it's not Jason Takes Manhattan. No, it's, it's false advertising. It's false advertising. And I think that makes it feel worse than it probably actually is because you're just disappointed. No, there's more uh, There's there, more to no, it. No, there's actual issues with this film. We'll talk about those in a minute. But I, I do think that sets you up for immediately being disappointed. Yeah, because you are. The moment I realized we were going to be on that boat for most of this movie, I lost my marbles. <laughs> That's what I said about 10 minutes, and you went, I think I clipped it, so I think they'll get to hear it. You went, well... Uh, at least we probably won't be on this boat for, like, the whole movie. Right, Ben? And I didn't answer. No, but I think the biggest issue is once you get to New York, it also just doesn't look like New York. No. I mean, like we said, I think of the 40-so minutes we have access to New York, like, most of it is spent in generic graffitied alley. Yeah. And... Even the scenes where you can see the city in the background, it's very clearly not New York. No, it's just some city. It's, it's very, it's Vancouver. It's Vancouver, but, you know, to me, and, that's just some city. Well, yes, but I'd say it looks very distinctly more northern and cold. Yeah. But, yeah, it's basically like when we're in New York, it doesn't look like New York. And the times that it does 
well, they're really cool. I mean, I think the coolest shot in the film is just getting to see Jason with, like, mm-hmm. Times Square in the background. Yeah, no, it is cool. It's, like, ten seconds. Like, Jason is literally in a very identifiable New York setting for, like, ten seconds. Yeah. Outside of that, there is a couple scenes that are very clearly shot in New York, but they're more framing shots. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, most of the New York scenes are actually reused in the opening mm-hmm. or vice versa, depending on how you look at the film. So it's it, they don't even feel fresh when you eventually get to see them an hour into the film. It's like, oh. I saw this earlier. I saw this earlier. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool callback, I guess, but frustrating. Well, it would be more cool if it wasn't just straight up the exact same shots. Oh, yeah. Some of them are exactly the same. Like, there's a scene in the open where we scroll past a bunch of fucking punk dudes sitting on, like, a thing smoking. And Jason walked right past them during the movie. And they looked like they were doing the same thing. The exact same thing. Yeah. It's just... It's... Mm. Okay. Aside from that, before I think we get into mentioning, I think, any other nitpicky stuff... I want to mention where in the timeline we are. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a good discussion. Because I think that's probably the most interesting thing to talk about in this whole film. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, overall, I think it's kind of meh. But timeline-wise, it's kind of confusing, right? It's very confusing. So where this movie takes off is Jason is once again underwater, assumedly in Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. And very specifically, he's chained down with part of a dock on top of him. Mm-hmm. But, as for where he is in the lake, he's right in front of Camp Crystal Lake again. Which is where he got left at the end of part six. Yes. Except then it wasn't called Camp Crystal Lake. It was, it was Camp Forest Green, right? Yeah. It's back to being called Camp Crystal Lake. And also, now there's a dock on top of him for some reason. But there's a dock on top of him, like... At the end of seven. Yeah. So, he's also very specifically, missing his hockey mask. Which gets destroyed at the end of 7. So both the lake and the hockey mask thing imply that 7 is canon, which means the timeline here is very specifically at the end of 6, he gets chained to the bottom of the water. Then he floats away from Camp Crystal Lake, or at this point, Camp Forest Green, floats away from that lake while chained to a giant boulder, to this house, and then proceeds to not float away from this house for eight, no, seven years. It's yeah. seven years. It's seven years. And then resurrects. Yep. Goes on a murder spree. Gets rechained. Rechained down at the bottom of the lake by a zombie ghost. Psycho kinetic power thing. Has a dock dropped on top of him. Yep. And then him, the chains, and the dock then float back to where he originally was, <laughs> right out front of K- Crystal Lake. Yep. If that's what we're going for with this one, that's sure. what we're going for. Uh, so that's the setup for this movie. Yeah, I know that's a lot of, to wrap your head around. Oh, and also they've built a very fancy high voltage wire <laughs> that goes through the center of Camp Crystal Lake uh, because that's what revives him in this movie. Which I'm going to be honest, unnecessary. I think it's a nice little callback. It's a good callback, but what my point my but point is But it's also just like <laughs> ow. Why is this here in this small lake? First of all, yeah, why is that there? But also it was my assumption that he was chained to the bottom of the lake and that's why he couldn't mo- he didn't go anywhere. He didn't need to be shocked, he just needed to be freed. Well, I don't know. I don't know either, but whatever. I like to think I I made the joke to Bob uh, during the movie, but <laughs> I think the shock kind of just gives him extra strength to free himself from, like, the chains and the the dock that's on top of him. Yeah. He basically gets supercharged, like the Energizer Bunny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, long story short, we're given no, like, specific time period. Yeah. Like, for the events of this movie, like, when it happens. Because we know the last one took place in 1997, right? Uh, no, 1998. 1998, yeah. But there's no indication of, like, how long it's been since that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd assume it had to have been a little bit of time. Because he's moved c- complete Because yeah, he's locations. completely moved locations. Yeah. And also, characters seem to imply like there hasn't been killings in a while. In a while. So what I'm going to say is like the bare minimum of time has passed. Like basically no time has passed. Yeah. 
he somehow magically floated. <laughs> like, dead zombie man just yeeted him across the bottom of the lake. Yeah. That's that's my headcanon Because can I be honest? Let's say five years passes. We're in the early 2000s. <laughs> no, I think it's still the next day. <laughs> the next day! 1998. Oh, my God. You know what would be really interesting? And I was kind of hoping there would be a nod to this. If there was some uh, nods to our uh, legally distinct psychokinetic teenager in this film existing in this universe. Nope. Nope. Superpowers nope. don't exist anymore. Okay. All that aside, all that, that very important discussion, let's let's talk about some issues we had with this film. Okay. Because I, I, I don't know if we're going to have any other things to talk about. No, I don't have any. I don't have any good things to say. Okay, good. All right, first thing I want to say is the majority of this film happens on, it's like a pleasure cruise boat. Yeah. And to be honest, it's the boat itself is a major issue I have with this film because the shots we get to see, uh, like a couple of them from inside of the boat, as well as how some of the script is written with like some of the characters' behaviors, Mm-hmm. specifically like the captain and stuff like that. Uh it's written like this is supposed to be like a big like actual cruise ship style of boat. Yeah. Like a a carnival cruise line. But the boat itself is actually very small. It's not that big. No, like I mean we get to see a, see a shot of the top deck and there's like not a lot of space up there. No, it is a it's a fairly small boat. Like this is a day charter size boat. And so like Right away, watching the movie, I have a lot of issues with size. Mm-hmm. Where like we get to see more inside the boat than is physically possible. Oh yeah, and in fact, we see a lot of like outside shots that are just like this isn't a part of the same boat. No, different boat. Saw. No way, it's the same boat. This is just like a set, and so I I don't know. It it just makes all the boat scenes feel a little bit weird for me. They just feel ridiculous. They go for this higher quality, like, cruise line aesthetic for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But because my brain goes, oh, it's a small, like, day charter, I'm like, everything looks kind of crappy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, that's also maybe the film. But everything just feels a little bit weird with the boat. Uh, like, they didn't know what they were going for. Like, there was a, cr- a clash between the props department and reality. I mean, there's very specifically, like I said, the the boat goes down eventually, and there's a very specific scene where they're, like, in a lifeboat trying to get away from the boat, and the shot with the lifeboat next to the actual boat is ludicrous. It's ridiculous. Because the size comparison between what we can see of the actual boat, which is just the side of it, and the lifeboat makes this boat look like it's... Gargantuan. Like an actual cruise liner, like one of the... The huge ones. Yeah. And it's like, no, I just saw this thing pull away from the dock. And it's not that big. At the beginning of the film. Like, this little dinghy's maybe a tenth the size of it. Yeah. And it makes all the shots where they're, like, down in, like, the engine room or, like, any, like, internal compartment of the boat just feel ludicrous. Not even that. I, I almost lacking. Because, like, there's a couple of cool shots of, like, this huge engine room area. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. But then I think about the actual size of the boat I just saw, and I'm like, oh, this is like a tiny room. <laughs> yeah. And not the big thing I'm supposed to think it is. Okay, so that's that's all the boat stuff. It's a little bit weird. And it kind of, I think, puts a bad taste in my mouth with like all the, the boat sequences, which is like an hour of this film. No, I mean, that's fair. My other thing is also like, there are so many fucking rooms on this boat. Like, there are a ludicrous amount of rooms and a ludicrous amount of different spaces that we enter and exit. I'm like, where is this on this boat? Oh, yeah. Like, where are we right now? It, space and scale don't make sense, so the boat doesn't feel real. No. I think that's the thing. I'm like, wh- we're in a whole restaurant on this boat, and it was that big? In a similar vein, this boat, the reason our character's on it, is it's supposed to be, like, essentially a pleasure cruise for this graduating class Yeah. of... I don't know, like Crystal Lake High or whatever. Maybe it's called Lakeview. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But it's the graduating class, and we're very specifically focusing on, like, a handful of characters. Like, I don't know, probably less than ten are, like, named characters and important. But we we do see a bunch of background extras 
randomly that are apparently on this boat, but then never again addressed addressed in like any scenes they aren't important as just like background objects. Yeah. And it it again it makes the boat feel weirdly deserted in a way it shouldn't be. Yeah. Because there are, like, a lot of people on, like, the side of the boat when it takes off, like, waving and shit. Yeah, they're, they're, it looks like an actual graduating class for a high school. Mm-hmm. A sizable amount of people. And then it depletes into maybe the ten people. Mm-hmm. Plus maybe one or two, like, randos. It's just bizarre. And also, they apparently all just die when the boat goes down. I mean, yeah. Because apparently this boat has one lifeboat. <laughs> and it's a wooden dinghy. It sucks. Outside of that, I... I think the kills on the boat are just lame. I think the kills, the kills in, the in general are lame. Film are lame. That was my other thing I wanted to bring up. The kills in the movie fucking blow. Like we don't get to see a lot from most of them. No, and like they aren't. Some of them. There is one in particular that is fairly creative, but the rest of them I'm just like oh, okay. Yeah. He he stabbed him. He did the thing he does. It's so lacking in a film that is the eighth one in a series, so it has to have good kills because there's no fucking way we're going to give a shit about these characters because no. we're eight movies in. But yeah, the, the kills are lackluster and again, coming in with my frustrations about some of the weird boat sizing stuff, people die and I'm like, okay, so this body's here now. Yep. Who's going to find it? And I don't know because I, I don't understand where things are in relation to mm-hmm. one another. No, that's totally fair. So there's no like suspense about these people dying? No. Because, like, in previous movies, when someone dies, there's always this concern of, like, oh, maybe they're going to be hurt or maybe someone's mm-hmm. going to come find them. And in this boat, it's like, I don't fucking know what's happening, where things are. Yeah. doesn't matter. This person, Jason, busts through a window or, like, <laughs> just bursts through a door. He must have created so much noise. This person's screaming, and then no one finds them for, like, the whole 40 movie. minutes. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It just makes... Everything feel like there's no stakes. Yeah. No, it really does. On that note, I think it's time to discuss the most questionable choice about this film. Is it what I'm thinking? It's what you're thinking. Yeah. Okay. So the main character of this film, I I say main character, the final girl. What's her name? Do you remember? Starts with an R. Rennie. It's not Rennie. Yeah, it is. It's not Rennie. Yes, it is. It's something similar. It's Rennie. <laughs> I was right! Yeah, it's something similar. It's Rennie. <laughs> Rennie is afraid of water. Yep. Well, she's afraid of... Sw- it doesn't even feel like she's afraid of water. I'm not going to lie. No. She just can't swim. That's basically it. Yeah. And the film wants you to know it's important, so they, they say it over and over again, and they even demonstrate it. But she is apparently so terrified of water that she keeps having hallucinations. I'm sad you get to bring that bit back. But they're very specifically hallucinations of boy Jason. Like young Jason. Like pre-drowning Jason. Yeah. Sometimes a little post-drowning Jason, like Swamp Boy Jason. Yeah. They're bad. They're awful. They They are god-awful. My least favorite part of this film. No, they ruined the movie. Because it's just like randomly you have this little kid screaming about how he doesn't want to drown. Yeah. Or just some other stuff. And like whether or not you you like this edition or hate it, I personally don't like it because it feels like out of nowhere. Because the explanation for why it's there isn't addressed until the last I don't know ten minutes of the film. Yeah, and even then I think it's stupid. It's a it's a weak reasoning, but again it's it isn't explained till the final ten minutes. So it's just there for no reason for yep. the majority of the film. It's inane. But, you know, even if you liked that addition, my main issue with it is that Kid Jason doesn't line up with himself. No, not at all. We see a couple scenes of Kid Jason where he's just a normal child. In fact, they show us Jason drowning again in this yeah. film. He's just a normal kid. He looks just lo- He looks completely fine. And then randomly, he sometimes kind of... Looks how he looked in the first film when he drowned. Yeah. Not as good. Not nearly as good. And then in other scenes, he's just that, but slimier. Yeah, and a little less messed up. Like, it, none of it makes fucking sense. 
Like, it looks like they shot various shots of this kid. In varying degrees of makeup. Yeah. And it's just weird. And it makes this thing that I think already doesn't work. Worse. Work even less. And so I just wanted to mention Kid Jason. It also muddies the timeline completely if you, like, think that any of it's real. Oh, yeah. Because, I'll, I'll just say this now. In the last ten minutes of the film, it's explained, maybe, why she keeps having these hallucinations of Kid Jason. And I'm going to call them hallucinations because it it doesn't make sense for them to be anything else. If they're real, that would be because a ghost? Because, but he's not dead? Right, because at one point, she gets accosted by Kid Jason hallucination. Yeah. And then the second the kid hallucination disappears Fully grown zombie Jason comes out of nowhere. Yep. Doesn't make sense. But anyways, the explanation is her uncle, who's a dick. He's a fucking prick. Takes her out into the middle of the lake. And he's like, you can't swim. But you're like eight. Let's fix that. Throws her into the water. Yep. She started swimming fine. So technically it worked. Doesn't make him less of a dick. But it did work. And then she gets pulled under the water by little kid Jason. Yeah. But it... It's very specifically after her uncle told her this story about how little kid Jason will pull you under the water. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a hallucination? So maybe it's, yeah, a hallucination caused by her panic-stricken mind as she starts to drown. Yeah. However, if it's real, that means she's a kid when Jason was also a kid. Which means this movie takes place in a really weird spot, but also how is... Which which either means (laughs) that... There's apparently a little kid version of Jason running around with full-grown zombie Jason, which stupid, so no. Or <laughs> this 18-year-old like girl is actually like 50. 50. Cuz what? Uh the first movie is came out in what? 1980. Yep. And I think Jason died in like the 60s. He died in 1950. He drowned in 57. Was it 57? Yeah. Okay. I think the first film I want to say takes place in 1977 or something like that, but that doesn't make sense. No, I don't think so. Anyways, yeah, yeah, because he died 23 years beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she would have to have been like 10, eight or 10, because that's how old she is in this flashback, like 1957. Yeah, <laughs> and as far as we can tell, this film takes place in 1998. Yeah, bare minimum. It could be later. Yeah, based on every other timeline hint that we have. She's old. Yeah. What else? No, it's it's stupid. Yeah. Oh, the fucking music. (laughs) I look. (laughs) I wanted to yell about this earlier. This movie has like a soundtrack that is actual like music with lyrics, and it has like an intro and an outro song. Get rid of it. I give me the old shit back. It's like a punk music aesthetic, and it doesn't work. I want the like the original theme in some form. Either give me synth like they had in three, or just give me all like. I get why they did it because it's like modern. It's set in New York. Ah, uh, it, but it doesn't work. Well, I think it would have maybe worked better if the film was actually set in New York. It's not on a boat, but it isn't. Yeah, set in New York. No, so it's god awful, and I hate it. It didn't work it wasn't boat music they needed boat music they needed boat music or give me more give me that they, that's they like also fucked up the key they, key they key fucked thing. it up they did a cha 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 as in jason yeah get out of here it was gross can we uh, can we talk about something else to do with jason right now uh what there there are moments where he's like uh, it makes me so angry jason will like be doing something and little kid jason will just start talking oh yeah. Egregious. Why? Why? But it's like a separate entity, thankfully, for most of the movie. Yeah, but I, I can't stand it. So it feels like it's just a hallucination in Rennie's head as she's being attacked by grown Jason, which is good, I guess. The one thing I'll say about this film that is kind of decent is, A, the acting is better than part seven. The acting is better than seven. That's one thing that is a plus. Overall, there is a couple scenes where it's a little bit weaker on line delivery. But I think that's because... It's not uh, well put together. Yeah. And also, I think the Jason actor does a good job. Yeah. 
I mean, it's Jason. You do know you, what I mean? Do you want to guess who the Jason actor was? Okay, so Seven was Kane Hodder. Mm-hmm. If they don't... It, look, he did so good in Seven. If they don't bring him back for Eight, that would be ludicrous. But this movie's kind of butt cheeks. But he did do a good job. Hmm. I'm in a pickle because I... No, nah, they kept him. They had to have because he's in Ten as well. So there's no way they would like... They could have skipped. There's no way they would skip like Eight and Nine and bring him back for Ten. They could. They could, but that would be dumb. They could have gone, wow, this was really bad. We should get Kane Hodder back. Mm, you're right. No, no, because it, no, it's him. It's Kane, Kane Hodder still here. Yeah. Oh, thank God. I was stressed for a second. All right. Oh, what else is kind of weird? This has been just us listing issues we have. Yeah. I. Uh, there's a dog. Oh, yeah. There's a dog. Don't know why it's in this film. Like, yep. legitimately don't know. I think it's like. An emotional support animal? <laughs> it's a shitty emotional support but animal, then. It... <laughs> In any <laughs> moment of distress, it runs away. It really does. It provides but... no emotional support at all. <laughs> the thing I want to mention here is I'm not sure where it is most of the movie. I don't know either. Like, I see it get on the boat. Yeah? I see it on the boat for, like, 30 seconds. And it then it's off. gone. Yeah? But then somehow magically on the lifeboat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Guess they found it. And then it runs away in New York. I want to say this very specifically in those two alleys, which are near the dock, right? Yeah. About 40 feet from the dock. Right. No, maybe five feet from the dock. You can see the dock from the side. So, like, right by the dock. That's where the dog runs away. And then somehow he reappears at the end of the film which I want to say explicitly takes place blocks away yeah, from Central Square, right? Yeah. Because they, they hopped on a train at mm-hmm. one point and ride it away yeah. from the docks. Yeah. So point being, the dog somehow found its owner. In Times Square, about 40 billion miles away. A couple miles away. Yeah. Not miles, but wow. Actually, probably probably miles. miles. I just want to say that it just serves no purpose. It's to be egregious. In this movie, the dog, except is. for oh, there's a dog. I thought that dog was dead to rights. Immediately, I went, "This dog's dead." Yeah, because in every other like horror movie we watch, dogs just get. I'm gonna be honest. I feel like they might have filmed a scene where the dog died. It didn't test well, and they were like, "Well, I don't think this movie should test it well at all." Is that let's let's throw the dog in? It's okay. I swear. Next issue. This is actually one of the few things I want to say that maybe isn't the film, although I think it might be. <laughs> I bought this. I got this film on Amazon, right? Yep. HD. Oh yeah. And the quality of the film in some periods of the movie. He's specifically talking about the video quality. Yeah. Was so bad. Yeah. No. It's like, atrocious. It was so grainy. Like. I was looking at scenes long enough at some points where I was like, oh my god, I'm going to get a headache. It's so weirdly grainy. And my only takeaway there is maybe there was some weird stuff with the shot. Maybe. Because it just looks like it wasn't supposed to be upscaled at all. Mm-hmm. No, and espe- it was especially bad when they were like outside on the boat and you could see stuff in the background. The background would be so like grainy and gross looking. Mm-hmm. They f- Their faces would look pretty okay. Yeah. But it just something about the way they shot those, it just came out weird when you upscaled it to HD. And I'm not sure, like, what that is. But no, I don't know. It existed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good jumping off point for some of the editing in this film. Oh, my God. There's some issues. There's a, there's a moment during, I don't know if you clipped it. There's a moment where I literally thought the movie broke. You didn't say anything. You were just surprised. But, yeah, there's one moment where the, the movie, like, pauses and then stutters. And then goes. It's weird and not good at all. But it's actual editing. Like, that's the film. Who approved There's that There's also some shit? weird slow-mo throughout, but, like, in weird scenes where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. This film has a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think I have any more to say here. No. Okay. There's the very end, but I don't even... Well, we're going to do a spoiler section here. Are we really? We have to talk about the end. It's so bad. But do we need to put it in a spoiler section? Yes, we do. I'm <sighs> sorry. Okay. 
Hello everybody, this is Future Bob coming at you to let you know that if you do not want any major spoilers for this movie, please skip to 45 minutes and 57 seconds immediately. Once again, that's 45 minutes and 57 seconds immediately for no major spoilers. Okay, if you stuck around for this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The ending of this movie is the culmination of the worst part of it. Okay, so basically they end up in the sewer system. Right. And first of all, what I want to say about this sewer system is it is not a sewer system. Mm-hmm. It is just tunnels. Yeah. There's no like sewage. No. But there's like, like a low. There's like an inch or two of water in the ground. It's no, not an inch or two. Maybe half an inch, a quarter. There's some, there's some water it's down there. Wet. <laughs> the floor is wet. Okay. And <sighs> as they're running through these tunnels away from Jason. They just happen to stumble in- into a maintenance man. Yeah. And he informs us some interesting facts about the New York <laughs> sewer system. Oh, uh, yeah. Most specifically, and the way he phrases this implies that this is just a common fact that everyone should know. Yeah, man. Uh, that the New York sewer system just floods with toxic waste. Every midnight. Every midnight. Just floods. I don't know for how long. Nope. It goes away, I guess. Yeah. Because it floods again the, the next, next midnight. So you just have to get out of there. Yep. He's like, we got 10 minutes to midnight. We got to get out of here. (laughs) And additionally, and I I think this is even worse because we do get to see the flooding happen. And it is a a wall of water. Yeah. Toxic Um, waste. Yeah, you're right. Well, we'll get into that. (laughs) Um, There are just barrels of toxic waste down here. Yes. Like, is the city of New York just like radioactive or something? I don't know. Because they, they crack open this barrel. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like radioactive goo from a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. Do you know, like, the stuff that melts tunes? Yeah, actually. Yeah, that stuff. Okay. That's what this looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just cartoonish green stuff that just oh. burns you on contact because they throw it at Jason and... We get to see Jason's face, and it kind of looks stupid. He looks like a Muppet, but not a good Muppet. Like one of those rubber masks that was left out to die. (laughs) Anyways, only in that scene. I will say, some of his face stuff later on in the film looks pretty okay. Yeah. No, that that scene definitely looked the worst. that one looks the worst. Anyways, assumedly, the stuff in the barrels that have not moved and survived the flooding every every night is the same. I guess the toxic waste cancels each other out? I don't fucking know. But assumedly, the stuff in the barrels is the same toxic waste that just floods the sewer system. Yeah. I don't know why they essentially bottled some of it for later. But the wave of it is just normal water. It's not the green shit we just saw like 30 seconds ago. (laughs) It's so But it's foamy. It foams. Sure, I'm pretty sure they threw some soap in there. It also lights people on fire. (laughs) Yeah. All right. (laughs) But... I think the worst part of the toxic waste flood is that it has magical properties when exposed to zombies. Uh, Very specifically, it makes them speak in little kid voices and then turn back into small children. Yeah. It's kind of a confusing summary. Basically, uh, our two main characters, who we haven't even mentioned one of them, it's Rennie and Sean, who have survived. Survived. Uh, And I guess they're in love. Or something. I I I think they have pretty bad chemistry. It's bad. Uh, but interestingly enough, the guy who plays Sean is actually the second choice for Sean. The oh. original actor was replaced because it was thought that he didn't have any chemistry with Rennie's actor. And this guy had more. <laughs> so I want you to think about that. More my ass. But anyways, they've climbed up on this ladder. And there's a grate over top of the ladder to get out. So they can't get out. And then Jason pops up beneath them, teleporting, because he teleports the whole film. Like, yeah, legitimately I teleports. can't stand it. It's kind of stupid. Because it, it feels like it's not a writing choice and more of an editing problem, where, like, they didn't edit things right. Yeah, oh, that makes sense, actually, where they're just cutting around stuff. Yeah. It, it didn't feel intentional. But anyways, he grabs the bottom of them and is trying to pull them in, like, down, right as the flood hits him. And first of all, before it hits him, we get to see melty mass face Jason go and little kid voice. Yep. Mommy, don't let me drown. God awful. Horrible. The wall of water hits him. He starts foaming. And then 
we just see him as a little kid. Yeah, completely fine. Not messed up in any way. Assumedly dead. Yeah. And then, apparently, somehow, our two main protagonists get out of the sewer. Not explained. Then they find the dog. Because it's flooded, and the gate above them is... Locked. Locked. Anyways, bad ending. Terrible ending. I just... God-awful ending. Yeah. Like, absolute pile of horseshit. Don't like it. No. It, It just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. It's ludicrous. It doesn't... At least in the other endings, in at least six and seven, it was resolved in a way that I could logically work out. Like not logically, but like I could get, I could buy it. I mean, seven has a pretty egregious ending, but I'm like, sure, whatever. Yeah, exactly. With this one, I go, what the fuck? Why? I have no clue what's happening. No, it's stupid. This movie can be summed up as it's not Jason in New York. It's stupid. <laughs> Great. Glad we're on the same page. I guess we're gonna go back to the the regular section. I guess. I have nothing else to say. I'm mad. Okay, guys. We're back. Before we go to recommendations, which I'm sure will be super long, I want to talk to Bob about, like, why this film is the way it is. Oh. With, like, 90% boat stuff and then 10%, well, no, 9% New York. (laughs) Well, actually, 2%. No, 1% New York, 8% Vancouver, and 1%... Secret Tunnel. (laughs) Secret Tunnel. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. The reason is that our director had some interesting ideas. Oh, okay. Writing the script. Basically, before he got the script, there was some ideas thrown around for like a completely different story. From what I could find, it looked like they were thinking about having us check back in with Tina from the last film. That would be interesting. Having this movie take place after the events of seven and like, she's just gotten out of a psych ward or maybe it was all a dream. Basically we would have followed her in a similar way that we followed uh, Tommy Jarvis. Okay. Part six. And I think that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Because we haven't done that. Like this series doesn't have a main character. Like, well, it has Jason. Well, it has, that's what I mean. It has Jason. Like there hasn't been like an, Tommy Jarvis is the closest we get to, like, yeah. a Laurie Strode. And he's only th- in three movies. Right. And there are 12 of these. But I don't know. I think following Tina would have been interesting. Yeah. Uh, because it would have felt like more of a continuation. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it would have made the title of, what, New Blood? Yeah. Make feel... more sense. Yeah. But anyways, the the people who were working on, like, that idea on that script didn't get this movie. And it said it was given to this director, Rob Hedden. And, like, his First thing off the bat when he was like, I'm going to make this movie, is he wanted to get Jason out of, like, shitty old Crystal Lake. I'm paraphrasing his his wording there. Which, at its heart, I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. No, I actually, I would like that. I mean. I think that's a good idea. Don't get me wrong. I love the Crystal Lake setting. Oh, no, it's great. I think it's great. And because Crystal Lake is a magical lake of indeterminate size. And geographical location. <laughs> the surroundings of said lake can basically be whatever you want. Yeah. Do you want? Do you need a couple of large cabins? Sure. A camp? Sure. A shanty? Why not? Why not? Like, basically, whatever you need. And I think that's very helpful. But you are kind of constrained to, like, the New Jersey woods mm-hmm. and wooded area. And so I think going... All right, let's take Jason and put him in a different environment. Can be kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. I I mean I think it's potentially risky. No, yeah, because you lose a lot of like the feeling when you leave the environment that Jason's normally attached to. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know it's new stuff you haven't seen before, and that's mm-hmm. cool. And so when he was thinking about ideas to have Jason out of the Crystal Lake area. He basically settled on two pitches that he was, like, thinking of to give to, like, uh, Paramount. Mm -hmm. The first one was having Jason on a cruise boat and, like, having him, like, kind of skulk around the underbelly of the cruise boat and, like, pick people off. I'd assume it was originally intentioned to be, like, an actual cruise boat. Mm -hmm. Like a full-size, like, carnival cruise? Yeah, and not, like, a pleasure cruise boat. But I could be wrong. I I wasn't sure. So that was, like, the first idea. And the second idea was to have Jason go to a big city. And I think it was not necessarily 
determined what big city, but one of the major ideas passed around was specifically New York because that is close to New Jersey where mm-hmm. uh, Crystal Lake is. But when uh, the director, Hedden, was thinking about having Jason be in New York, he was very specifically uh, wanting Jason to be very egregiously in New York, mm. like him in uh, Central Square. Times Square? Yeah. I don't know why I keep messing it up. But, like, have him in very... Like, iconic locations. Iconic locations. Like, boxing in Madison Square Garden or in the Statue of Liberty. Just, like, as commercialized New York as possible. And, long story short, when he gave both of the pitches, he eventually just decided, you know what, I'm going to combine both of my ideas. And I think that's where a lot of the film's issues come from is by taking these two very different ideas and combining them together yeah, and making it so you can't really focus on either. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do want to say I think that's probably the root cause of a lot of the issues for this film. I mean, just trying to do two different plots at the same time. Yeah. But the second issue is budget. I mean, this movie had the highest budget of any Friday the 13th movie at the time of production. $5 million. That's a lot mm-hmm. for a slasher film. In 88? Hell yeah. In 88. But they very specifically chose two kind of expensive plots to work with. I mean, New York, which yeah. uh, we've already talked about, is expensive to film in because you have to block off areas. And New York's an expensive city to rent out. Uh, in fact, it might be one of the most expensive cities to rent out. But then also, like, boat scenes, which can you also have be a whole ass boat. very expensive if you need a full-ass boat. Or at the very least, you're going to have to build sets that look mm-hmm. like a boat. And so I think what ended up happening there is they must have just, they basically cut their budget in half. And were like, we have to use half for this and half for that. And both things were very expensive. And so they both ended up feeling cheap and fake. Yeah. Because the budget ended up being more spread out than it should have. Because if they had just said, okay, we're going to be in just New York or we're going to be just on this boat, I personally think that they would have saved money. Yeah. And they could have, like, built more realistic sets. <sighs> Had better practicals on some of the kills. Like, done anything. Right. So I, I just wanted to talk about that for a second. No, that totally makes sense because all the boat stuff feels so stunted and, mm-hmm. like, short in but ways But also that, way too long. But also way too long because it's... I think the idea of having Jason on a boat is actually kind of cool and fun. Oh, no. I would love to see Jason on a carnival cruise ship. That'd be great. The problem is, it's not a carnival cruise ship because they probably couldn't afford anything that big. No, but if it would very specifically, I want to see Jason on something that big. And you can you can shoot something that's supposed to be on a boat that size and still not have a lot of shots. I'm going to reference something that's going to make Bob bad. But, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> there you go. Um, you got to stop making sunny references no, on no, the podcast. No, no, this one's important. No, I know. So there is... I don't know what season it is. It's kind of one of the Seasons later ones. 14? Uh, 13, 14? There, there's a two-part episode that is set on a cruise ship. Yeah. It's a, those are good episodes, too. And they're good episodes, but more importantly, they're well shot. Mm-hmm. I, watching those episodes, feel like it's actually on a cruise ship. But objectively, there's not a lot of shots that show the full boat. No. But it still feels really, really big. And so my point is, like, you can achieve that feeling... I feel like, and not necessarily have to show a lot. And I think if the the movie had committed to like boat stuff, you could have gotten that. Yeah. On this budget. But obviously it doesn't. But it would have been cool. It's such I think it's a good idea and it could be really cool. Problem is the budget stuff, like it just feels so it's so lackluster when you could have made if you made that stuff good and made it the main framing point of the film. It could have been great. Yeah, and I mean, you heard how excited Bob was at the beginning. The New York thing could be really cool. Oh my god, it's such a good idea. It's such an incredibly fun idea. But it's the last 40 minutes of the film, and most of it's in these like two or three alleyways that all look the exact same. <laughs> that they can't get out of. <laughs> and it's stupid. Yeah, anyways, I just wanted to mention like two good ideas that aren't executed well. Yeah. Okay, recommendations, Bob? Um... You just say no one. <laughs> I have I got I got one. If you want if you're watching all these movies, this is eight. <laughs> you gotta watch it. 
Two, Kate Hodder. Even though this movie blows ass, and I don't like it, he still does a good job, and he's still really good at being Jason. Yeah. I, I do need to say, like, I like Kane Hodder as Jason. They do some cool stunts, he too. He might be one of my favorite Jasons, if not my favorite Jason. However, he is in some stinker Friday the 13th movies. He's in some bad films. And it sucks. Because, look, if you give that man what he needs, ooh, killer. I mean, I just think it, it's kind of sad that, like, he does a really great job. Yeah. But he's given shitty movies to do that good job in. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Same one for me, I think. If you want to see a Friday the 13th movie, this is not the one I'd recommend, but it is the eighth one. And so if you're watching through them, go check it out. I can't believe we're here. (laughs) It is also just an egregious concept. And while I don't think the whole concept that is promised on, you know, Jason Takes Manhattan is achieved. I would say Jason Takes about a city block, maybe. It is kind of an iconic moment in horror history of just like, Oh, <laughs> let's go to New York. Um, so if that interests you, I mean, check it out. It's at least what it's at least maybe worth one watch just for that. Maybe. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, Kane Hodder does a great job. So if you want to see him playing Jason, this is his second time doing it. And it's pretty good. That That's it. I mean, <laughs> I guess if you want some little boy Jason, but you shouldn't want that. Worst so, part of this film. Not going to recommend it. Okay. Rate it, Bob. I know we've been shitting on this movie the whole episode. Like, the entire episode from beginning to end, we've been dunking on this dumpster fire. But it has a couple redeeming things. We are talking about Ken Hart. Like what? Ken Hart is great. <laughs> the acting is better than Seven. It actually, like, it That's feels a lot better. Bar. It's not a high bar, but God damn it, I like Seven more than this film, and the fact that the acting is better in this means something, okay? I'm trying. I'm trying so hard right now. <laughs> but it's a boat movie when it's called Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> it's a boat movie in New York. Uh, in Vancouver, I'm sorry. And yeah, uh, all the New York, New York stuff doesn't look like New York, except for like the 10 seconds there in Times Square. That probably cost like a million dollars. Yep. Uh, all, the pri- all the kills are pretty beans. I'm not going to lie. There's like maybe one or two that's like okay, but the practicals are, the ones you get to see are pretty all right. But I don't know how bad the MPAA slashed this one. Probably just as bad as the other ones. But, like, there's some egregious editing. The only upside is it's well... I don't want to say it's well shot, but it is a movie that came together in an okay way, shot-wise. Like, compositionally, I guess. Mm. Aside from the weird grainy stuff with the cameras. And some of the editing. The editing. But it's less, like, editing, but more like the cinematography overall is fine. It's really dark. It's really dark. It's hard to see a lot of stuff. So, like, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, okay? I didn't have a good time, but it's not well, like... You were falling asleep. <laughs> I was I was passing out. I'm also just very tired tonight. Two. Okay. I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Okay, it's not good. No. <laughs> but more importantly than, like, my personal enjoyment, you know, I try to be at least slightly objective here. That's what I was trying to do. I, I don't think I I normally succeed very well, but straight up, this film doesn't achieve its premise. <laughs> like this is called, it's in the title. It's it's Jason takes Manhattan, and while he technically does go to New York, it a doesn't feel like it, and b doesn't really involve him like taking Manhattan. Taking Manhattan. No, he kind of just is there for a second. And that's it. He doesn't really interact with New York at large. In fact, he is basically in an alley for most of his time in New York, away from New Yorkers, walks through a crowded area, doesn't really cause any damage, and then goes into a secluded area again. I expected this film. I wanted this film to be so bad. Jason just goes on a murder spree in Manhattan. And, like, the movie's about the cops trying to hunt him down and get rid of him, and he's just killing people. Uh, And, you know... Even the scenes we do get to see in New York don't really look like it. Again, I will say that Times Square scene's pretty nice. It's kind of good. There's a funny bit where he pulls back his mask and scares the the <laughs> greasers. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And I will say I've heard some some stories about when that was shot, and it was supposed to be really cool. Because Kane Hodder was like, yeah, I felt like a movie star. Because, like, you can't see them in the film, but there was so many fans 
Just like at the barricades. That's really cool. I'll, I heard somewhere he like pointed at a fan and they passed out at one point. <laughs> <laughs> really, really cool stuff. But I mean, obviously, the film isn't Jason in New York. And I think straight off the bat, like I said, a three is just meets the premise. And so the simple fact that it's not Jason in New York, I think just straight up takes off a point. So that's automatically down to a two. And, you know, I do like Kane Hodder's Jason. I think he he takes Jason and he makes him less mindless killing machine and more like being capable of thought Mm -hmm. and planning. But even he can't save the nothingness that is the boat sequence because like boats a cool idea for a setting for a killer to be on because like you can't go anywhere and in a big enough boat there's some cool places to hide but um you know i don't care about these characters i'm not expected to but there just feels like there's no stakes when they die and the b plot that happens on the boat i also don't care about no so that's just egregiously boring and that's the first hour and four minutes of this film. That's the part where I was falling asleep. Which is also not the plot you were promised. Additionally, it's a slash film, and especially the eighth one in the series. And at this point, you just want kills, and we don't get them. And there's a couple where, like, it's very clear the kills are supposed to be off camera, and I don't like that. And then there's all the, the editing issues and stuff like that, and the fact that it's really dark. Point being is that, like... Well, there's a couple good things in this film. I don't think they save all the extra problems in it. You know, like some of the sequences, uh, some of the weird lore additions, you know, stuff like that. So point being, I'm going to give it a one and a half. Fair enough. Definitely not a one because there's at least a structure of a plot. Like I understand what's happening. There's a couple acts. One is straight up like there wasn't a plot. There yeah. was a plot here. It wasn't a very good one, but it was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. There's four more of these. We're just going to go to... <laughs> exactly! All right. We're going to go to the outtakes. Yeah. We'll uh, see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Jason Takes Manhattan so far. I don't like this movie. I think it's stupid. But if you do not want any major spoilers for this film, please skip to 1 hour, 3 minutes, and 45 seconds immediately. This first clip is me finally realizing the grave truth about this film. Is most of this movie Jason on this fucking boat? No fucking way, Ben. <laughs> no fucking way, bro. <laughs> Surprise! That's such a horse shit. <laughs> this next clip is our reaction to one of the very few, at least semi-decent kills in this film. Oh, that was cool. Shoving a fucking hot coal in his stomach like that? That's pretty awesome, honestly. Nah, it was pretty decent. Especially with the smoking glove. Mm-hmm. And you get to see that after. Hey, guys. We're back. Say howdy. Oh. There we go. We don't really have any announcements besides the fact that we're coming in with part nine. What possibly could part nine be? Part, Bob doesn't know, I do, but Bob doesn't know off the top of his head, which is kind of surprising because you've kind of known. I know a lot of them. I know, but... um, I know know 10, 11, and 12. I know what those ones are. Exactly. But I don't know nine. Anyways, nine's coming up next Saturday, so in a couple days, so check that out. But this upcoming Saturday, Bob's being weirdly specific. And then part 10's coming out on, I think, Wednesday. Yeah, I was just confused. I didn't know if you were right about the Saturday thing. Uh, Aside from that, you know, normal Friday episodes are coming out as usual because that's the actual podcast. Um, Check (laughs) those out. these extra episodes. I think those tend to be higher quality because we're less just worn down by watching the same thing happen at lower and lower quality every week. (laughs) I think we might have peaked at four. 
No, I mean, I thought uh, six, six is, is pretty good. good, but you didn't six have a good, good time. Otherwise, check us out wherever you get your podcasts, uh, including where you're listening to right now. That could be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, some other places, including YouTube, which is kind of nice because uh, we can see your, your support for us there, You know your subscriptions, uh, your likes. Uh, you can even like hit the bell button to be notified whenever we post a video, which is kind of cool because it tells you when we post anywhere else, like Spotify, if you listen there. Uh, it's also kind of cool uh, because it's one of the two places you can communicate with us at. You can communicate in the comment section of a video or over on Twitter at Beware the Board. You can go talk to Bob, be like, don't let me drown, Mommy. <laughs> don't call me Mommy. <laughs> and he'll get really grossed out because you called him Mommy. So go do that. That might be funny. I don't. If people start calling me Mommy, I'll lose my mind. How about Bobby? <laughs> Bobby's, dude, you just reminded me of something. I'll tell you something in a minute. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you want to know about the show, it goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal so you can see what it is beforehand, so you can watch the movie before we do. So if you listen to the episode, you don't get any spoilers, or whenever you're really vague about stuff, you know exactly what we're talking about. Then, on Fridays, or whenever an episode goes live, I post a link to the episode, Sometimes with a meme. There's a pretty funny meme on a previous episode. I think it was, what, part six? Part six had a good meme. Yeah. Part one had a good meme. Sure. So, yeah. Basically, if you miss an upload or want to know when something went up, there's always a link on our Twitter. Check it out. Last thing, uh, we do short-form content on TikTok and YouTube Shorts at Beware the Board. So, check us out there. I take old clips from old episodes. I go back through and I scrub old episodes for new clips. Basically, if you're into short-form content and like the show, check us out. Apple Where the Board on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. I think that's it, Ben. All right, guys. We'll see you next time.